0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrak. They did not seek the Lord.
1: They did not trust in the Lord to deliver them. You know what's really interesting? It's, it's really an irony of ironies, but you got to think of how this must grieve the heart of God, and we do this. Didn't God deliver them from the very Egypt that they are now turning to for help? Think about that.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. How often do you find yourself running back to the very thing the Lord saved you from? As Pastor J.D. teaches today, it happened to the Israelites. In his study, you'll discover how they tried running back to Egypt where they were recently freed by God. It's a lesson on looking to Christ for the word of life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Isaiah chapter 29 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: God will reveal to us, He'll open it up to us when He knows that we have the integrity to follow through and be found faithful doing that which He has called us to do. If we're just going to kind of test the water and, you know, let's just, you know, let's take this slow, let me, you know, show me the plan and I'll decide. Oh, really? No, that's okay. I'll find somebody else who I know will do it. So it's closed up to you. It's closed up. I'm going to close your eyes. And, and never imagine this as, you know, God taking delight in doing this. In a way, if you think about it, this is God's grace. Because otherwise they become more accountable in their disobedience. This is why it is, by the way, that Jesus spoke in parables. He knew that they would not accept Him, they would reject Him. Had they understood and still rejected Him, it would have increased their eternal torment and punishment. This was the grace of God to keep it from them, to close it up, and keep it from them. That was the grace of God. He was actually being merciful to them. Because you're judged according to, recompensed according to that which you do. So this is God's grace. He's closing it up to them. Verse 13, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths, and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. This sounds familiar, right? This verse, it should, because Jesus quoted this verse describing the people of that day in both Matthew fifteen seven and Mark 7, 6. In other words, what he's saying is, oh yeah, you're singing all the words of the song, but your heart couldn't be further from me. Oh, you you know the lingo. I mean, you can speak Christianese, as it's been called, but your heart's not in it. Oh, you pray, oh, that's an eloquent prayer. Almighty God, We even put reverb into it, right? Creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. That was more preacher type, but maybe it's like this. And I'll just speak for myself. I I find myself doing this. I'll just be very open with you. So during worship, right? And I'm back there. Oh, that was so great, wasn't it? How great thou art. How great thou art. Man, I sure hope I can get when I get to verse eight in chapter twenty nine. Oh, how great thou, right? Again, I'm I'm using myself as the poster child in this example. But we're 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 singing, we're worshiping, we even have our hands up. Pit stains and all worshiping the Lord. And I'm thinking about, oh my goodness, did I turn the oven off? (laughs) You're thinking about, okay, Sunday mornings. Again, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about other people in other churches. They're worshiping, thinking about, hey, you know what we should do is get that meat john from that place. Oh, how great. That's kind of what he's saying here. Oh, I mean, you're you're singing the the words, you you you're you're speaking the language, you're honoring me, praising me with your lips, but your hearts, nah, not even close, nowhere, even in the neighborhood. Your hearts are far from me. Verse fourteen. Therefore, behold, I will again, and this is the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God with His people. I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, they say. Who sees us and who knows us? Surely, verse 16, you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing made say of him who made it, He did not make me. (laughs) Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it, He has no understanding. Whoa! Do you know what you're saying here? Oh, and once again, alive and well today, God created us, and like the, the clay to the potter, you didn't make me. Oh, I didn't, did I? No, you didn't form me. (laughs) Excuse me? I created you. I made you. Look, you, oh, and you think you can hide from me? You got it backwards. You can't hide from me. But here's the thing. I can hide from you. And sometimes that's exactly what God will do, is hide himself from us. <laughs> this is the talk about the height of arrogance and haughtiness and pride to say to the creator who created man, He didn't there is no God. He didn't create me. Verse 17 Is it not yet a very little while till Lebanon? shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be esteemed as a forest? In that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel." For, verse 20, the terrible one is brought to nothing, the scornful one is consumed, and all who watch for iniquity are cut off. Who make a man an offender by a word, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and turn aside the just by empty words? Therefore, verse 22, thus says the Lord, who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name and hallow the Holy One of Jacob and fear the God of Israel. These also who erred in spirit will come to understanding, and those who complained will learn doctrine." Ah, A magnificent end to a gnarly chapter that started off with a curse, and a prophecy, and a warning, and a declaration, and it ends with God's restoration. This is speaking of the kingdom age, when God restores His people, Israel. Chapter 30, you ready? All right, verse 1. (laughs) Woe, off to a good start again, to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walked to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, verse 3, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame, and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. For his princes were at Zoan, and his ambassadors came to Hannes. What in the world is going on here? Well, Isaiah is pronouncing this curse, this prophecy upon Israel, specifically concerning how that they had put their trust in Egypt instead of the Lord. Why were they putting their trust in Egypt? Well, they were putting their trust in Egypt to come to their defense against the coming invasion of the Assyrian army. Now, from what we understand in Scripture concerning typology, Egypt is a type of the world. This is the picture for us today. Like with them then, they were turning to the world for advice. They were trusting in the world slash Egypt to help them. And they did not ask the Lord. They did not seek the Lord. They did not trust in the Lord to deliver them. You know what's really interesting? It's, it's really an irony of ironies, but you've got to think of how this must grieve the heart of God. And we do this. Didn't God deliver them from the very Egypt that they are now turning to for help? Think about that. Oh, those Israelites. Here we go again, right? Shedding ourselves in this favorable light. We do that all the time. God delivered us out of slavery to sin in this Egypt world. And we turn back to the worldly ways. When the going gets tough, <laughs> we get going back to Egypt. And this was the sin. Sin to sin. They added sin to sin. You know that doesn't end well. (laughs) Sin to sin. It's just piling up. Sin, 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 sin. And God just again, and please, I hope you see this through the lens of God's grace and God's love. He's like You're going to them for that which I alone can do. You're trusting in them to deliver you. They cannot deliver you. I can deliver you. You're seeking advice from them. They cannot give you advice. I can give you advice. I can advise you, guide you, lead you, deliver you. All of the things that you're turning to the world for, I alone can give. Oh, how that must break the heart of God. Can't even imagine. Verse 5, they were all ashamed of a people who could not benefit them or be a help or benefit, but a shame and also a reproach. The burden this is interesting, against the beasts of the south, through a land of trouble and anguish, from which came the lioness and lion, the viper and fiery flying serpent. I don't want to see one of those. They will carry their riches on the backs of young donkeys, and their treasures on the humps of camels, to a people who... (laughs) shall not profit. For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore, I have called her Rahab him Shabbath." What is this saying? Now watch this. God is telling them, I see what you're doing. You're taking the money that you're going to pay Egypt, and you're packing it on the back of your donkeys and your camels, and I'm watching you guys take this money to Egypt, paying them to defend you, and I'm watching you travel through the Negev to the south. And you're taking this money, this treasure, to pay them for that which I was freely offering you. And here's the thing. They're not going to do anything. That's what Rahab Hem means. It basically means Rahab, do nothing, good for nothing, worth nothing. Here you're taking all of these riches to them, to pay them, to help you. They're not going to help you. You are not going to get your money's worth you might want to try to get your money back. They won't give it back. How absurd is this? And, And God sees everything. He's watching this whole thing play out. And it's kind of like Isaiah, inspired by the Holy Spirit, makes this declaration, kind of like, I saw that. You did? Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? I. Here I am, at the ready. And you won't come to me. You'll go to them. Not only go to them, but pay them for that which only I can provide. Now here again, I <laughs> i should probably just speak for myself. I mean, the, the righteous indignation. How could they do that? Oh! I'm not worthy. (laughs) What about you? What do you mean, what about me? I would never do that. Oh, really? Here's a scenario. Just think it through. How many times have we spent money on things thinking this is the answer? Maybe this, this book by that author. I'll, I'll pay that. I'll, I'll pay for this course, this series, this conference, whatever it is. You fill in the blank. And we load up our camel, our donkey, so to speak, and we go and we take them this money. And we think that deliverance is in that. And here's God going, wow, I see how irate and that's why God becomes irate, I guess, because <laughs> if you would have just come to me, if you would have just sought me. You know, I remember years ago, I, it was so good, it was just this picture that was painted on the canvas of my, my imagination, and it was a picture of God in heaven. And he has this huge table with my name on it. And this table, I mean, it is piled and packed. I mean, heaping with all of the things I need. And here's God just at the ready, waiting to give me everything I need in my parenting, in my marriage, in my finances, in my career, in my work, in my business, in my job, and I don't come to Him. They're for the asking. Everything I need. I need deliverance. It's right here. It's right here. Would you come to me? And instead we, we go to Egypt. And we pay Egypt. How about this? How many times Have we called them instead of going to the Lord? It's the first response. Our first response is, man, this is bad. I'm going to call brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. And And we're on the phone with them for three hours. What are they going to do? Imagine. Imagine. Not three hours, what about three minutes in prayer calling upon the Lord? Lord, um, I got myself in quite the pickle here. Oh, great to hear from you. Only time I ever hear from you is when you need something, but that's okay. Reminds me of the guy I used to work with many years ago back on the mainland. He had a son in college. I said, man, the only time he ever calls me is when he needs money. So I I anticipate it. And I figure, hey, you know, at least I get to talk to him. So that's fine. So he'll call me up. And and before he even asked me, I says, I'll send you $500. And he was going to ask for more. So he's like, oh, thank you. (laughs) But that's the only time I ever hear from you is when you maybe, could it be, That because God knows that the only time we're ever going to go to Him is when we need something, He'll bring about a situation in our lives where we need something so He can hear from us. I don't know, just saying. I think about my own life. I think sometimes He just wants to hear from us. He wants us to call upon Him, rely upon Him, trust in Him. Verse 8, now go, write it before them on a tablet, and note it on a scroll, that it may be for time to come, forever and ever, that this, verse 19, is a rebellious people, lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets. Do not prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Lie to us. What? Get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Do you see the progression here? Here's basically what's happening. They're saying to the seers, "Uh, stop. We don't want to see that. We don't want to know about that. They're saying to the prophets, don't prophesy that. Don't prophesy to us right things, righteous Things
0: true things don't speak the truth to us. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD. The book of Isaiah is an interesting one as the prophet Isaiah spoke things that God wanted the people of Israel to hear, but they just wouldn't listen. Little did they know that much of what Isaiah spoke had bigger significance than they could have imagined. From beginning to end, the book of Isaiah touches on Jesus Christ coming later on. It refers to the announcement of his coming, his birth, his good news of salvation, his death, and his return to claim his own. Wow! What an incredible insight into the future! Sometimes things are plain right before our eyes— And we just aren't willing to see it for what it is. Although the people were ignorant in that present time, God used Isaiah to speak to them anyway and to proclaim the good news that was to come. Do you know of this good news? If not, we'd like you to check out com and head over to the resources page. There, you'll find the ABCs of salvation, which goes into a step-by-step understanding the good news of Jesus. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join us on Sundays or Thursdays at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's word and to look for more things God wants to teach you in this book of Isaiah. Looking forward to next time here on In Spirit and Truth.